Saddle up today, everyone. I am on the Hiker Trash radio podcast. I'm going to be interviewed by Doc. And this is the third time I've been on this podcast, and it's just always a blast with Doc. We're going to get into you know what led to me quitting my job, different adventures I have planned for the future, past adventures, my 100-miler. And he does a bunch of little silly segments as well that are really unique to his podcast. So it's a good podcast. It's going to be pretty funny. A lot of good things that come up. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. Welcome back to another week on the trail, dirt bags, hiker trash, and of course, good smelling day hikers. I'm Doc, and this is the this is Hiker Trash Radio. Hey, if you like what we're doing here, help us out. Take just a minute, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't like what we're doing, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, let's get to this week's guest, a repeat customer, a friend of the show, and a fan favorite, Chad Lubinsky. How's it going, Chad? I'm doing great, man. Back on with the new rebranded podcast. I'm super stoked. Yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us tonight. What do you what do you think of the rebrand? I've gotten a few few comments on it. Yeah, like I said before, man, I I love it. I love the design of it. I love I love that you included the word radio too for some reason. I just I think that that's so good. Like that was brilliant. So kudos to you, man. <laughs> I, I feel like a DJ now. I'm just I'm just hosting a radio yeah. show. Yeah, man. I mean, you definitely could be. Yeah, I've got the face for radio. That's for sure. And the voice, man. You came at you, you, dude. You're like, you got a good deep voice. You could totally do it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, Chad. In all your time out on the trail, have you picked up a trail name? I know I call you Hooch. I know your your social media is Chattahoochee, so I go with Hooch. But have you picked up a trail name? First of all, I love Hooch. I love that. I should just change my IG to that. That's hilarious. And so I have one trail name ever, and that was Scratch. And probably, I don't really, I mean, it was cool for the CT, the Colorado Trail, but I probably am not going to keep carrying that over. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I want a better one. So how did you end up with Scratch? Where did that come from? So I had a gnarly, nasty, nasty rash all over my legs and my thighs and my feet about it happened in the first couple of days of the CT. And I had it all, I had it all the way to the end and that took me three weeks. So I ended up having to get off in Buena Vista, got a hitch in, went to urgent care, got steroid cream, the whole thing, man. Cause it was itching so bad at night. And so that's pretty much how I got the name scratch. Cause I was just, friggin' scratching my legs all the time. <laughs> Do you think it was poison oak or poison ivy? So that's what I thought, because here's the thing. The first night on trail, I thought I was just hot shit, right? And I go and I cowboy camp. And I'm kind of in some weeds and stuff. It was kind of, it was really dark when I got into camp. And in the middle of the night, a thunderstorm hit. So I'm trying to scramble through all these weeds, trying to set up my tent. It's the worst pitch that the Gossamer gear, the one, has ever seen in its life. Okay. And so I set up the tent. And anyway, from there on, it just subtly started coming and more. And it was spreading and spreading. And so I talked to Jamie Lambert, who's another influencer. She did the yeah, CT. She, she was on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, was she really? Yeah. Yeah. I've talked to Jackie. No, no. Jamie Lambert. Jamie. Jamie. Jamie yes, Jamie. I, I believe so. Well, if you haven't, because I don't, I think she's only done mine, but I told her that I was going on yours when I was with her this weekend. That's someone you got to put on your list, by the way. She's freaking awesome. Maybe I'm thinking of a different Lambert, but I, I thought, I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was her. I'll, yeah. I'll check her out. 
But anyway, she she did the CT the year after me or something, and she got sun poisoning, and it was a rash like that. And so I was thinking, well, maybe it could be that, but it spread to my feet, so my feet didn't see sun. So that's what makes me think it was some kind of oil or something. This story, I think you've told this story on the podcast before, because it, mm-hmm. it sounds very familiar. Setting up at night, mm-hmm. kind of in the dark, in, in amongst some some uh, questionable vegetation, and coming yeah. out with a with a, an itch. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't ever want to experience that again. That was the worst. I mean, because I was asking people for hydrocortisone along the trail, and you know, I I couldn't get out to a town, and so it, yeah, it was a nightmare. But you know, now I now I carry hydrocortisone. Maybe I could be called hydrocortisone. That is a lot of syllables. Yeah, eight. Oh, maybe. Hey, there you go. There you go. Eight. Now, as I am looking at you, you you've got quite the setup. You got your headphones going. You got your mic on a mm. on a, a little boom there. I'm looking very professional. And I'm, take me through what's in the background here. I'm always interested to see what's on people's <laughs> walls. I see. Looks like an outdoor shot with like four people in it. Is that on top of a mountain somewhere? Yeah. Let me see. I'm gonna see. Okay. Here, I can see myself now. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, over here I got. So that's the Eagle Cap Wilderness. Okay. That was where I, when I guided some of my buddies up to there. That was an awesome time. And then we had, you know, you have the hundred miler tag, the the thing that I was wearing, the bib. Nice. And, I want to talk. I want to talk about the hundred miler a little bit later because I oh, yeah. you you went through that ordeal and I want to I want to hear your firsthand impression on how that went. It was tough. It was yeah, tough. Yeah. And so, and then the rest of the wall on that wall is what I refer to as my hate wall, hate? my wall of hate. Yeah. So whenever I get a really, you know how it goes, man, you get some bad comments on Instagram or something. Whenever I get a bad comment that really ticks me off, I'll put it up there. And so I'll just have it for when I'm not feeling motivated. I'll walk past it and be like, yeah, okay. Hooch, I see I'm, you. Hooch, I'm not familiar with that. Do people post bad comments on, on stuff? Yeah, nothing's bad on the internet, Doc. It's all pure. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I have been, yeah. So So that's your motivation wall right there. Yeah, that's my motivation wall. And I actually randomly, I actually have a DM from Gary V. I don't know if you know him. Gary V. No, big entrepreneur guy. And he DM'd me once when he saw I was getting some hate for a post and he told me to keep building. And so now that's how I sign off on all of my emails. Keep building. Chad Lubinsky, blah, blah, blah. And so that's where that came from. Keep building F all the haters. Is that how you sign up? Yeah. Yeah. So is, is that a snowboard yeah. in the background right, right over your right shoulder or is that something else? Yep. Snowboard in the background. That's a mm-hmm. solid snowboard because I've been split boarding a lot. So, and then, and then there's the, the, I completed the Colorado trail certificate, which is pretty cool. They give you those. The, the Colorado Trail Foundation was really neat. They really cared about the trail. And and so if you completed it and you could prove that to them, they would send you a, a, a certificate with your dates and the miles walked and all of that. I thought that was really cool. Nice. I'm just so. looking for a I completed Thursday certificate. Do you know yeah, who knows that? <laughs> you probably go to Canva and or ask your daughter to make one like she whipped your brand symbol up so fast. I'm sure she could do it. Nice. nice. Yeah. Now, now where, where are you calling in from tonight? Cause I know you, you've had some pretty big life changes in the recent past. Oh, doc. Oh, doc. Very big life changes. The last two months, the last 60 days, I have moved from Oregon 
to Wyoming, broke off an engagement. But I guess that's about it. Oh, but in 2020, and then, you know, I quit my job in January. So it really the last six months have been a war, whirlwind of change, but I'm cool with that, man. I like that. Do you want to do some podcast therapy right now? We can, man. I've done, I've done a live on it. I've done some reels on it and <clears throat> I've seen the reels. I've seen the reels. So yeah, those, one of them, those, those reels are real. Those reels are real. One is still going. It's at like 5 million views almost right now. Holy and that's, smart. that's one of them that I get a lot of hate on. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. What did you, what did you say in the 5 million view reel? Oh gosh. Okay. So, so what happened was, okay, this, I guess this is some podcast. This is, this is some juicy stuff, dude. That's some right. juicy stuff. You heard it here. <laughs> Leon hiker trash radio, right. dude. We, we ended up breaking up in May. And then the day after I found out some extra stuff that had been going on. And that same night that I, only a few hours after I found that out, I was going splitboarding with my buddies. I had to meet them in Cameron Pass in Colorado. So of course I'm driving by myself. And after figuring out all this extra information and so what do I do, dude? Well, one, I, I record, so I recorded myself crying. That's what I did. Number one, cause I didn't want to ever feel like that again. So I, so I wanted to document it, but I ended up posting it. And after I posted it, I lost service for a full day, 24 hours. Cause I was up in the mountains. So of course I was very emotional at that time. By the time I got out of, you know, a few hours past, I'm thinking, what did I just do? But I couldn't delete it. Couldn't delete it. So anyway, I get service again, look at the video, and it's just freaking blown up. You know, it resonated with a lot of people. Yeah. So I kept it up. I said, screw it. I'm going to keep it up. And so, yeah, man, like you got a lot. I had a lot of people saying, wow, I resonate with this. Because for my page specifically, like as a creator, I want to be as transparent as I can. Because I feel like, you look and I do this. I look at people online and they just they give you the high highlight reel, right? Which is normal, but they don't ever you never see them struggling with anything. And so I feel like if you can be that type of person, you can connect a little bit well or better, resonate more, and also make people not feel alone that are in that same position. So that's why I did it. That's why I kept it up. And I mean, I got a ton of followers out of it too, which is actually really funny, dude. Yeah, you, you leaned into it, and I think you make a, a very good point in that social media in 99-plus percent of uh, situations is a representation of something good that's happening in people's lives. And so I think it's skewed towards that end. And I think when people look at that social media, I mean, they enjoy it, but I think they're also comparing their own lives to it. And I know if you, if you do enough social media, if you spend too much time there, you're, you're wondering, why is your life so sucky? And everybody else's life is is so good. And so, you know, your brand is you, Chad Lubinsky. I mean, you you are the brand and being transparent and showing what's going on in your life, like you said, that resonates because we we all go through those low points, those low moments. And mm -hmm. seeing somebody be real on social media, I mean, that struck a chord. Yeah. Thanks, man. That and that and that's exactly it. I mean, I because I get you you ever heard the term FOMO? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know five, six years ago to, to me, FOMO meant parties, things like that. Now it's Mount, I get mountain FOMO. There's, there's certain people that I follow, but I have to mute their stories because I don't want to see what they're up to because I get FOMO from that, unfortunately. So yeah, I mean, it happens. I think it had, yeah, 
it's it's hard it's a, it's a balance that you got to strike with it. Uh, Chad Chad you know you know from listening to the podcast that I'm on, always on the lookout during our conversation for a trail name for the episode right because oh, I take okay. I take the whole concept of trail name and I apply it to the podcast so I'm looking for something unusual I'm looking for some peculiarity I'm looking for something funny topical that happens during the podcast that will be the title of this episode and I think we just stumbled across it Mountain it? FOMO. Mountain FOMO with Chad Lubinsky. Ooh, that's cool. I like that. That hits. Right? I think that'll I think that'll resonate. <laughs> Very good. Resonate. That's our buzzword for today, that's too. Right. Everybody take a shot every time you hear the word resonate. <laughs> I love it, dude. Here on Hiker Trash Radio. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chad, I'm not sure when the last time you listened to the podcast was, but we've done a little bit of rebranding, not only in our the title of the podcast, but also some of some of our segments. We've kind of retooled some of the segments so that we have more hiking related names to our mm. segments. So I know that you and I have talked a couple of times about the pro tip inside of the week. That's been rebranded. That is now the hiking hack, the hiking mm. hack. You see the alliteration there. It's got a so word starts with H hiking hack. I like it. Yeah. Good. Good. Thank you. And that's, uh, that will happen towards the end of the episode. That's a segment towards okay. the end where I will turn to you and ask you to share some trail wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. You're on the hook for hiking hacks throughout the episode, but you will be required to, to have at least one left in store at the very end. Gotcha. All right. Are you already, are you already thinking of something? I already got one. I wrote one down. All right. Well, don't, don't give it up too early. If you give it I up won't. early, you're in trouble. And it has nothing to do with resonating. Okay. Oh, there's another shot. There's All right. Another shot. All right. Here we go. Trailblazers tool. That's right. It's time for the Trailblazers toolkit sponsored by the Ultralight Backpacking Gear Company, Six Moon Designs. Now, I love to talk about gear on the podcast, as you know, Hooch, and I love to hear about the most important item in my guest adventure gear. So if you were preparing for your next adventure and I was the one providing you with all of your gear, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? Pooch, make sure you give me all the specifics on that, on that piece of gear and tell me why you got to have it out there. And this could be any type of item. It could be gear. It could be apparel. It could be a luxury item. So, Chad, what is that item in your toolkit? Perfect. Are we talking Are we talking backpack, yes. backpacking? Yes. I mean, what else would we talk about? In, in, in terms of, you know, I've talked to a lot of people who maybe aren't backpackers, so we, we've kind of adjusted it. But in your case, I know you do a lot of, you do a lot of backpacking. You also do split boarding. What, what other right. adventures are you doing? I'm doing a lot of uh, day peak bagging too. So like all day, you know, do, uh, now that I live close to, to Colorado, I'm bagging, trying to bag all the 14ers that I can. So, you know, that's always requiring some type of maybe extra tools or something that, that, you, that you think you got to pack. But if, if we're going back, can, can we do two for one? Yeah. Do a backpacking piece of gear and then also a peak bagging. Piece okay, of cool. Okay. Okay. So with, with backpacking, what I would say just, okay, there's actually two things that I would want to say for back backpacking maybe. So for backpacking, I would say I just picked up this, it's hard to describe. So you know how people wear bandanas for their necks and stuff like that to yeah. protect from the sun. So yes. I picked up this thing from, from Amazon recently, and I'm just kind of going out of left field here. But it kind of like goes around your hat brim right here. It's like a rubber band, and then it's and then it's like a it's like a bandana. So it hangs down over your neck, preventing your neck from getting sunburn. Got it. I've been really rocking that lately, and I love rocking that on all my backpacking trips now because 
I don't necessarily like wear, I, I have sun hoodies, but I don't like wearing the hood because it, I get so freaking hot in the middle of the day. So I like using that and it flip air flows real, real well past that. And then my second one would be nice. And with that piece of gear, you can also dip it in a stream. Yes. It really cools off the back of your neck. I use a gator like, yes. as a, as a headband sometimes, sometimes yes. around my neck. And, if, and when it is, it is hot out there, I will dip it into an ice cold stream and it is awesome. Yes. And that's what I was using for the longest time was uh, pretty much a gator mm-hmm. like that, which you can still use. The thing I found with the gator is it didn't get my whole neck sometimes. So I, I was kind of, so that's why I got this one. But the other thing would be actually going along with gator. Was that, like that like a strap on mullet? That's pretty much what it is, honestly. Strap on mullet. Yeah. You know, cause I have so much hair, right? And it's actually kind of cool when I wear that, it flows like when the wind goes, it flows. It makes you look like you have hair. I mean, it's kind of blue. It's kind of teal colored, but yeah, that'd be funny. They should get a brown, you know, hair colored one. Hair, hair colored one, right? Yeah, there you yeah, go. Totally, totally. But yeah, so my second one would probably be with that would be shoe gaiters. So the little the little gaiters that you wear over your trail runners, you can hook to them. I love those. I've been addicted to them ever since I didn't have them for the JMT, and that was a nightmare because I had so much sand and stuff in my stuff, and so. That's what I would say for that. And then I'm sensing a theme tonight. Gators. Gators. Yeah. Gators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think so for peak bagging, what I've found recently as of last year were are these things called approach shoes. So what approach shoes are, are they're kind of think about between a full blown like mountaineering boot or hiking boot and a trail runner. They're in between that and they have grip for climbing more. So they have a lot more rubber on them and like climbing surface than a trail runner, but not so, but they're not like tight, like a climbing shoe. So it's really good for scrambling class three, class four, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so I have, I picked up some La Sportiva. I forget what they're called, but they've been great. I've ran in them too. You probably don't really want to run in them because they're pretty, pretty, they just, they're not really flexible, but they are super grippy, make you feel safe. So that's what I would do for peak bagging. Got it. That's that's excellent. Now, to help us continue talking about some gear and other hiking-related topics, we've got... It's the hiking pole. That is one thing that has not changed because I think it's so clever. Hiking pole, that's pole with two L's, like a survey, not like the thing you hold in your hand. This is a seven-question survey, Hooch, as you know, that's going to help me give you a score on the sanity scale from one to a hundred. <laughs> right. Okay. Now, anybody who has uh, quit his job and gone full time as a social media influencer, outdoor influencer, there's an, there's an automatic 25 point deduction. So your highest possible score <laughs> tonight is 75. Fair enough. I, that makes okay. sense. All right. <laughs> yeah. And you're lucky I didn't take off points for that five million po- uh, five million <laughs> crying po- me, 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 me crying. <laughs> I would take off points for that. You should. How would you score yourself? As before we get into this, you know, where would you rate yourself? One being completely insane and one hundred being completely sane. Where do you, where do you fall? You know, it depends on who I'm hanging out with. Uh, you're hanging out with Doc, so. Oh well, I would say not 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 too insane then, because I think you you also embrace the suck. If I'm if I'm hanging back in the Midwest with my family, or if I'm hanging with my relatives, they think I'm absolutely insane. But if I'm in if I'm in Denver, Colorado, I'm just an average person. Yeah, I see Those what you're people, saying. I see what you're saying. I'm saying if someone yeah. understands you, understands your 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 interests and your pursuits out there and has similar interests. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're going to think you're, you're more towards normal, but yeah, certainly there's, there's family who 
know, family gatherings, there are people who avoid me because I'll <laughs> talk about, you know, podcasting or, or the trail or, you know, some yeah, yeah. thing I've seen out there and they don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna rate me crazier. So I, I totally get what you're saying there. Yeah. See, and I would I would vibe with that. Yeah. I would like that. You know what I'm saying? You and I'd be in a corner all night talking trail. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yep. Trail trash. <laughs> now, hey, Hooch, our our listeners and you are in for a big surprise tonight because I have a new set, a new set of questions <laughs> for the hiking pole. Oh my. We're well, tonight. I'm glad, dude. Let's let's bring it. Okay. So I, I, you know, I have my, my normal seven questions that I use for first timers on the podcast. And then for our repeat customers, we kind of branched off into some of life's big issues. Like, do you roll the paper, toilet paper over or under, you know, questions right. like that. But now I have, I have a third set of questions that are highly related <laughs> that we're going to use tonight for the very first time. I'm stoked. I'm stoked for this. All right. And it could have been a better candidate to try these so this <laughs> is, sure. is going to be good okay all right are you, are you nervous no i got this you got this all right all yeah. right so a lot of my questions in in the in the past have been kind of binary questions you know this or that or kind of give me your opinion on something some of these questions tonight are open-ended where it, mm -hmm. who knows where this is going to go i love this okay all right cool so question number one in the third set of hiking pole questions for the first time ever debuting today with you what are your top three topics of conversation on the trail oh that's a good question doc good for you man did you did you use ai for this i did not i went i went ai okay. free on this oh you stud okay top three number one is is women for sure. <laughs> past relationships, all of that, you know, that's all encompassed in, in one thing, past, future, present, all of that. That's, that's definitely number one. Okay. Now, what, what is the, I understand past relationships. What, what, what does the conversation sound like about future women? I, I don't get that. I understand. You know, well, you know, as you're single, well, I don't know. You haven't been single probably for a while. Long so, time, a long, yeah. long time. No, but you know, usually you, how do I say this without, you know, you have, you have options, right? So you, you kind of discuss the pros and cons of each option and, and how that could work out. And, you know, yeah, I guess right. that's about it. That's about it. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. So that's, that's one topic. What that's about, one. What about the other two topics? Well, I would say, gosh, that is, wow. I, I'm trying to think, man, it sounds like that's all I do is talk about that. Huh? I would say kind of like life philosophy in a way and how the the contrast between life on trail and life back home i think a lot of it is, is with that and just how different it is and how much you appreciate different things and how other people when you go back they don't understand that type of stuff right and then i would think then i think three would be either the weather future weather current weather all that or food yeah yeah, what kind of food you're going to get after trail and, oh, I'm craving this or, yeah, yeah. I, I like those answers. So those are good. Those are good. Those those resonate. Take a shot. Those resonate. Take a shot. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Question number two, what is the best trail name you've encountered on the trail? Oh, oh gosh. What, what did she say that name was? Oh, so good. So she'll kill me if I say her name. I don't know what, I, no, I'm just going to say it. So yeah, no, I won't say it. 
I don't know why she's so embarrassed by it. But so hiker, I through hiker, I know she was hiking through the desert on the PCT and you know how your trekking poles have straps on them, right? So she had the straps over her hands and she did, she wasn't wearing sun gloves and she was making fun of people that were wearing sun gloves, right? Well, next thing you know, a few weeks goes by or whatever. And basically she has this giant tan line on her hand from where the strap was in the sun. And so they gave her the trail name of straps and she hated it. She absolutely hated it. And so anyway, I thought that was absolutely hilarious though, because that was, that's a great trail name. I would totally take that trail name. Perhaps, yeah, it's better than scratch. Let me tell you. It's better than scratch. Yeah. Scratch, scratch sounds non-hygienic. I find, I mean, not like every, every hiker is, but it's just not, I don't know, man. I don't like it. All right. I like that straps. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. All right, question number three. Toilet paper, bidet. Did the bidet on the JMT, wasn't impressed with it that much. Definitely TP. I don't I think I'm a TP till I die, to be completely honest with you, dude. Yeah. You have a TP bag that you carry with you as well? Yeah. What, is, yeah. what does your TP bag look like? It looks like a Ziploc bag. Oh, it's just a Ziploc. I, 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 I took a Ziploc bag, a gallon-sized Ziploc bag, and I cover it in duct tape. Oh, got you, got you, got you. So it serves two purposes. I mean, multifunction is is very good out there, right? So yeah, yeah. So why not? Why not have to see it? And and right. I don't get I don't get confused about which bag is which. And two or three, depending on where we are. If something breaks, you know, I've got a ready source of right. of duct tape to use. I love that multi-use. You always got to be. That's the biggest thing with through hiking and all that is what can I use times two at least times two. And you know that extrapolates the content too which is why i'm always doing reels out of my video it's like i just have unlimited you know get that content Hooch, did you, did you just use the word i did dude i'm i'm you you are going places man you are you are growing i read a lot maybe that's why maybe i don't know that word extrapolate that just that resonated with me shot all right <laughs> question number four breakfast in camp on trail or no breakfast good question on trail. So I like, I will actually, it depends because right now how I am eating regularly at home is I fast to like for 14 hours, which isn't a lot at all. Are you doing intermittent fasting? I do. Yeah. But I mean, it's oh, only 14, what? it's only eight, 14 hours or you know, 14 and a half, maybe 15 what's, sometimes. What, what's your window? What's your eating window? Typically it's, I'm definitely done eating by 7 PM and then I won't eat till 9 a.m 9 30 a.m or something like that okay so i used to be a i mean i would always eat breakfast right away so it's yeah. it's sometimes it can be tough but on trail now it's different because i'm way hungrier in the morning and your stomach is just going right and so typically though i will eat while i'm walking so i i don't really i don't really like wasting time just sitting there being cold in camp because i'm just cold soaking oatmeal Every day, every morning, so not yeah. a big deal. Mm, that's your eating noon, window? Noon to 6 p.m. is my eating window, and I'm considering doing like 1 to 5. But I'm trying not to disrupt like family family meals. I don't well, I don't, how do you, I don't want to be that guy. What it, I can't eat. I can't <laughs> eat. What have you found for benefits in that window? You know, I, I have found that it just – you know, just by setting limits, whether it's noon to 6 or if it's if it's 10 to, 10 to 7, you know, you have hard boundaries – 
of of when you're eating and so it's it's much easier as a as a person who likes to eat when someone offers you something you say up oh, you know it's it's not time to eat yet it's it, i have not reached the eating window yeah. or the eating window is closed for the night maybe i'll try sure. that tomorrow and so it just sure. kind of limits the time that you're eating and it gives you those boundaries to to it, it just it makes it easier for me to say no and not overindulge right exactly wow okay interesting i might have to tinker with that a little bit have you ever done a fasted, not to keep keep going down this rabbit hole, but okay. fasted, have you done any fasted workouts or runs or anything in the morning? I have not done fasted workouts. I mean, I've done, you know, I, I run in the morning, maybe three or four times a week where I haven't eaten since six, you know, the night before. Okay. But, you know, I, in the, in the, not in the recent past, maybe a year ago, I, I did a, you know, like a day a week where I would not eat hardly anything, but then I would get jittery. And I, I don't like being jittery. Would you get crabby? Yeah, that too. Yeah. Dude, there's some people, I used to work for a guy, do video work for him, and he did a four-day fast, and I, that just blows my mind, dude. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's nuts. Yeah. So. All right. Good, good answer. Good answer. Breakfast on trail. Okay. Breakfast on trail. Question number five, solo hiking or trail? Again, it depends on what trail I'm doing. If I'm doing... If I'm doing a trail where there's a lot of people on it, I don't mind being solo at all because I will strike up a conversation with anybody and then end up hiking with them or whatever. But a tri- but on more isolated parts of a trail, a tramley would be great. Also, I like camping with a tramley. I mean, because solo, solo camping can be kind of spooky sometimes, right? So, but, but both of them are great, honestly, because you're not married to the people, right? Whereas if you go with a partner, you're, you're married to them in the fact that if they get off trail, you kind of have to get off trail. If they get sick, you get sick, that type of thing. So yeah, for the most part, I like being solo, pick up a tramway on the way. If that makes to- sense. Totally makes sense. Yeah. All right. Question number six, rank the following, rank the following severe uphill, severe downhill or roadwalk, not, or, and roadwalk rank those three in terms of what is most favorable. Downhill is the most favorable for sure. I love downhill. Severe downhill. Yeah, I don't mind downhill. Okay. I don't I don't mind downhill. And then it would be then it would be road walk, then it would be probably severe uphill <laughs> for sure. Yeah, uphill's strenuous, man. I mean, I like the uphill, but not when I'm in it. I find uphill to be very gratifying because you make a it seems like you make a lot of progress vertically in a short amount of time. Yeah, but not laterally. You're like, oh, wait, I only did one mile of the last five hours. Sweet, dude. Look how high I am. But look how high. Yeah, yeah. It depends. Yeah, for sure. It's especially when you're peak bagging. But I love the downhills when you're through hiking because you can blast past them. You know, you're going three, four, three miles an hour or something like that. You know, wait till, wait till you're a little older. I think the downhill really takes its toll on your knees when you get older. Yes. That's what people say. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have been, I'm grateful. I have big quads. And so I think that's why I like the downhills more. And I they don't really bother me is because I have a little bit of extra muscle on my quads and I don't plan on letting that go. So, well, Hooch, I'm sorry to inform you, but the trail name Quadzilla is already taken. I dude, I saw that. I know. I was like, dude, you know, I, I could be talked talk to him a couple of times and he, he sent me pictures to use as, you know, social media posts leading up to his episode. Yeah. He has immense thighs. Yeah. He does. They're trees. Yeah, yeah. they're trees. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, last <laughs> question. Last question in this new set of hiking pool questions. Question number seven, ball cap, floppy hat, 
straw hat, sun hoodie, or no hat. Interesting. Okay. So just one? Yeah. Which, which do you prefer? Well, ball cap for sure. For sure. For sure. But I, I like pairing it with a sun hoodie, except when it's super hot and I just cannot have the, the hood up. But when you're doing these peak bag 14,000 feet and stuff in, in Colorado, it's nice to have the sun hoodie for the sun and also for the wind because it's usually windy as heck up there. Yeah, I thought for sure you were going to say ball cap with a strap-on mullet. With the strap-on mullet. Yeah, that that wasn't an option though, man. You got to right. put it in there though. Next I do. Time. I'm, I am gonna, I'm going to add that in to, to the, the third set People of People are going to be like, what the heck are you talking about, dude? I'm not going to explain it. If you haven't listened to the episode, that's your... That's on you, dude. That's right. All right, Hooch. I got I got to do some math here. So I got to make sure my shoes are off. So I'm going to need both my, my fingers and my toes on this. I got, I got to carry the three. Okay. Got to divide by root five. We're going to multiply by pi. And I need to make a slight adjustment for the number of tears shed on that video that you posted. <laughs> and I come Perfect. up, I come up with an, a score of seven out of a you know possible seventy-five. You, you're very sane. You and I are. Oh, we're kindred spirits. Is what that makes is. sense. Yeah. So dang, I must have. Yeah, most of the points must have been deducted from the video, <laughs> from the yeah, crying. Right. Video. It was because of the tears. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Three points right there. Fair enough, dude. Hey, before we get too far down the trail, let's just remind people who may not have uh, listened to your your past couple of episodes with me. Tell us about your background, where you grew up, and how you got involved in the outdoor adventure world. Yeah, I grew up in Wisconsin, Midwest, and always had dreams of being on mountains and big landscapes, all of that stuff. Took a trip, college trip, snowboarding to Colorado. Fell in love, couldn't really go back to the Midwest and and ski on bluffs. So ended up making the move to Oregon, was there for nine years and had a good time. Eventually kind of outgrew that whole scene. I was actually really close to the coast. Oddly enough, that was, I was only an hour away from the coast and I hate the coast. I don't like really like water. So it's like, what, what am I doing here? I don't know. And so that's when I made the move to Wyoming. So that's where I am now. And yeah, pretty much, you know, quit my job in January, which allowed me to move to wherever I wanted. So that's why I'm here in Wyoming and right next to Colorado, which has been great. And when you say quit your job, what what, what was the type of job that you were doing? Yeah, I was doing cognitive behavioral therapy groups for people on parole and probation. So essentially, like if you got on probation, you'd come to me and I, we would put you in this group and we would teach you how thoughts influence feelings, influence behaviors, and basically how to think and communicate to reintegrate into society. That makes sense. Yeah. Yep. It's all coming back to me. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. You've just left those people on their own now to deal with their issues. as. (laughs) Oh yeah. yeah. You know, that's so funny. Yeah. I'm sure someone has filled in my, well, I actually, I just, I just FaceTimed my coworkers the other day. And yeah, so, so they got people coming in and and filling that role, but I felt like my time had commenced there and I did as much as I could and I was starting to get burnout. So I thought, okay, I need to make a switch. And it's actually interesting because now that I'm using, or I'm, because I did so much kind of public speaking there and on video during COVID and everything, I feel a lot more comfortable now doing this type of stuff because I did that for so long. So there was some benefits and good pros from it, even though it was a totally different industry, but you just got to look at it as, Hey, what did I get from it? You know? Right. Right. 
Now, as I'm talking to you, things are coming back to me. And I think in a recent episode, I talked about the guy who was in his tent and there was a bear just outside. And the guy reached for his bear spray and went to shoot the bear from inside, shoot, shoot the bear spray at the bear from inside his tent. And the tent flap got in the way at the wrong moment. Was that mm. you? I don't think so. That was but not that you. sounds crazy. I think I blamed it on you. So my, my apologies. <laughs> I, I thought it was you for sure. Yeah. That I did that? <laughs> yeah. We talked, we talked about the, uh, the alpha method of bear, using the bear spray where you spray the bear. And there's also the, now the beta method where you, you, this guy inadvertently, you sprayed himself with the bear spray because the tent flap got in the way. For sure, dude. And he, the bear stayed away from him because of that. So, I mean, I guess. Yeah, it, no. So, so I apologize. I thought it was you. I take it back. It was, yeah, if we it was not hooch. Yeah, we can't combine that with the, the crying Instagram video because that's going to be too much, too. That was not me. Okay. All right. Well, I'll have to go back through the back catalog and listen to my episode and figure out who the heck that was because it was a good yeah, story. Yeah. It was a good story. All right. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to pay some bills, hear from the advertisers, and when we come back, we're going to figure out what you've been up to since the last time you and I spoke. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. And welcome back. We are talking to Chad Lubinsky. AKA scratch, AKA hooch, AKA hydrocortisone, HC, not straps. So he's not straps. He, he was not fortunate, fortunate enough to pick up that name. And it has been a moment since you and I talked, I have seen you blown up all over the place. Everywhere I turn on social media, there you are. We've got YouTube. We've got, we've got TikTok. We've got Instagram. We've got a floppy microphone that you're dealing with right now. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with this cord. Okay. We're good. So, so let, I know you, you quit your job. You quit your job in January. What led up to you quitting your job and going just full bore into outdoor adventure, social media influencer? Well, I think it was a combination of a bunch of little things. And then finally it culminated with one, one thing that kind of, you hear the analogy broke the camels, star broke the camels back. That's exactly what happened. So we were fortunate to have a lot of days off during Christmas and new year's. And I had a great time on new year's. I was shooting content. I was split boarding with my buddy and it was just a great time. And I remember driving back from the mountain and really feeling I, I didn't want to go back to work basically the next day. And I got into work that Monday and I was FaceTiming my buddy. I was, I was on break and I was coming back into work. I was FaceTiming my buddy. And as I entered the building, one of my coworkers, who's just always just in a bad mood, especially if it's Monday, he would be in a great mood latter part of the week, but hated Mondays because he hated his job. And he he just randomly said, because he was picking up all these Christmas decorations, and he just like was, he goes, where the hell are the garbage cans? Such a stupid, whatever. That was the thing that just broke it for me. I was just like, I'm done hanging around people like this that hate 75% of their week. I'm done with this energy because I, I felt like even when I returned to work before he had even said that, I felt my energy just boom as soon as I got into work contrasted with how I was on the weekend. And I said, I'm done, done. Wrote, went in, wrote up my two weeks, handed it to the boss. And my boss was all, I love my boss. That's what made it hard is I liked most of the coworkers there, but it just wasn't fulfilling me. And so drafted my two weeks, I was done. And the two weeks came, 
the 19th of January was my last day. Super weird feeling. The next two to three days after that, I didn't sleep at all because I, you know, what, what did I just do? What did I just do? I, I remember just sitting in the shower, just staring at the wall. What did I just do? And slowly I started getting used to it, establishing a schedule, a routine. And here I am now. Yeah. Six months later. And now I haven't, I was just talking to some other people about my course, teaching people how to do this. I was just talking to a guy a couple hours ago and I said, I have not thought about my job one time since I left. So if that's any indication that I made the correct decision, you know, I don't know what is. So that's how I ended up here. All right. And so how are you earning your money these days? You talk about teaching people how to do this. What, what was this exactly? Yeah. So I have, so I have a course, shameless pitch. I have a course available that goes over UGC content. So how to make money doing user generated content. So I always, basically, I always say that there's two ways to make money on social media for me. There's your own brand or you can do UGC content now. So UGC content, you can make money short-term, easy, easy money in a 30-day period if you want. It would only take as, as little as 30 days. You don't need any followers. You just need to be able to make videos and use the products because you would make a video for the brand's page. They post it on their page. doesn't matter how many followers you have. They pay you for that, right? So you're just providing them content. So there's that way. That's short-term way to make cash flow. Now, the other way is growing your own brand. And as you know, as you're growing with the podcast, right? The bigger you get, the more leverage you have and the more opportunities you get and the more lucrative it is. However, it takes longer. So you are kind of paddling, doggy paddling, doing your own brand. But so that's why what I teach is how to do both of those things, but doing it like as an 80-20 split at first, 80% UGC. Like if you want to quit your job, do, you know, pound into UGC, grow your brand in the background. Don't forget about doing that. And then as you slowly, the years go by, you want that, that to the, your own brand to be the 80, the UGC to be 20, because it's a lot easier to leverage more opportunities. So that's two ways that I'm making money, my own brand, you know, and UGC, before of course, affiliates. That, before, before we leave that, let's talk about UGC a little bit, because how much, how much can someone who has no followers reasonably expect to make from UGC? Just starting off, what do you think? Just start, just starting off, it's easy as heck to get free product. Number one, you could easily get free product. I think just starting off as you're, as you're growing your skills, you could charge a hundred bucks for a video. As you start progressing, you can make that to 150. And then as you get to be an expert, you could do 250 or more easily. And so it just depends on how much time and bandwidth you have to create these videos. And that's why I say, as the years go by, you don't want to be doing UGC because that's just another job. You're, you're having to report to these other people and you really can only scale so high because it's dependent on your time and it's not really, you're not really leveraging, but it's really good to get out of your job right away. If that's what, something that you want to do and you're still filming in the outdoors and you're doing all that type of stuff. So, you know, you can use, I think you can get to $10,000 months if you want UGC, but after that by yourself, I, I think you're going to be burnt out month after month, unfortunately. Okay. I'll cut you off. I cut you off besides UGC and building your own brand. What, what else are you doing out there? Well, I guess building your own brand kind of encompasses influencer deals, my course, YouTube AdSense, all of that. Ooch, you have a podcast? Yeah, we got the, the what the heck is it called? I was just like, what the heck is it called? The Peanut Butter and Mountains podcast. Yes. 
Peanut Butter and Mountains. Tell me about yeah. the title. Yeah. Well, there's nothing better than A, peanut butter. So you got to put them together, right? And so I was selling t-shirts. I guess that would be another another income source too on Etsy until I realized like how much Etsy takes from me and Printify to drop ship. I'm like, oh, well, this. why am I continuing to promote this? I'm not making any... And anyway, but people loved them. They loved the message, peanut butter and mountains, blah, 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 and all that type of stuff. So I just was like, ah, I'm just going to name it that. And yeah, it's been good. I mean, like I said before, it's it's a lot easier than editing a video and having to do everything, all of that. It takes way less time. Right. Do you, do you still have, are you still doing shirts or have you? I am. What, yeah. What, what, what shop are you using? I'm using Etsy still. And then I drop ship with Printify okay. right now. Yeah. I just, I haven't been like I said, prioritizing much. Cause after I saw my QuickBooks report at the end of the year, it's like, Oh, well I didn't make any money off of it. I mean, it's good passive income. Just, I don't have to do anything really, but yeah. Okay. And how, how's the podcast going? Podcast is great. I have been enjoying. So I, I kind of, the direction I took with my podcast was cause I'm really interested in these hybrid things, you know, peak bagging, and now I'm getting into these things called picnics. Have you ever heard of these? Yes, yes. Well, I've I've heard oh. of, I've heard of the picnic in yeah. in Wyoming, in, where yes. is, you, you bike ride from Jackson to mm-hmm. the Lake. You swim across the lake. You get out of the lake. You hike up to the top of the Grand Teton, and then you turn around and you go back the same way. How badass is that? That's I mean, badass. that's badass. So I love hearing from these people and you know ultra runners and stuff like that i kind of branded as kind of the hybrid outdoor athlete because that's kind of what i'm obsessed with is i liked learning ultra running so i could take it with me when i go peak bagging because i know the nutrition from ultra running i can be on my feet for that long but then i also need to learn how to climb and how to use ropes and things like that but also need to know how to backpack i love combining it all so i love hearing from those types of people and uh, it's been good and then i'll just randomly go live on it myself, like on YouTube and then rip the audio and put it in there. So it's, it's a good time, man. I like it. Nice. How many episodes in are you? I think I just published my 49th and, and then I have freaking seven or eight queued up actually. So I actually kind of took a break for a bit. Yeah. Good on you. Nice job. Yeah. Congratulations. yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Now. So what have you been up to since the last time we talked, any big adventures that you've taken? Well, the last time we talked was when, I mean, it's gotta be like a year ago, at least. Well, we talked, did we talk? I mean, we had to have done it after the hundred, I think. Did we not? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. We'll have to look at that. Well, yeah. Tell, well, tell us about the hundred, refresh our memory. Well, the hundred was in August of last year. That was a bucket list thing that I've always wanted to do. And it's hundred kilometers or hundred miles, hundred mile, hundred miler ultra. And yeah, 31 hours, 23 minutes. But before you think I'm hot shit, there was a guy that was freaking 67 or 70 years old that finished. Well, so here's what happened. So you finish at the end of a track, right? And you know, you're in the woods the whole time, the mountains the whole time. Then you, you get spit out to this track in the middle of Bend or Sisters, Oregon. You have to do one full lap around this track. The cutoff is 32 hours. Okay. So I made it by 40, whatever, some minutes, right? I'm sitting on the bench. I have this giant blister. I'm so dead. Right. And this old guy that I had ran with for a bit comes through to the track and he's basically bent in half. Cause he's, he's using his trekking poles to keep himself upright. And his, his posture is just, he's like bent in half seriously. And so his whole crew is around him and he gets to the, 
he gets to the track and he's got a minute left to do the whole freaking lap, right? That's a quarter mile. So the whole crowd is just like, let's go, you know, whatever. And he gets around three fourths of the way and he falls straight on his face, cut up all that. He gets up, freaking finishes. And at this point it's 32 hours and I don't know, some change, a minute and something or whatever. They gave him the medal and they now changed the cutoff time to what he finished at for the rest of the races. So now it's 32 hours and, you know, some change or some minutes or whatever because of that. I thought it was awesome. I just got goosebumps listening to that. That's uh, that's, that's incredible. What was, yeah. the, what was the name of that race? Cascades, Oregon, the Cascades 100. Cascades 100. And yeah. prior to running the, you know, 100 miles in that race, what was your, your longest distance prior to that? 50, 50. Half, <laughs> approximately half. How do you how do you do that mentally? How do you? Because uh, I know, you know, if I don't do all of the training for a marathon, and I line mm-hmm. up at that at that start line, I have serious doubts, right? And, and yeah. I, the the longest the longest run in a, in a training regimen for a marathon is maybe twenty two miles. So you're not running twenty six miles ahead of time, but I mean you're close. But right. from fifty to a hundred, that that's yeah. a huge jump. It is. It is a huge jump. And I think what really helped me was, was knowing that even though I haven't ran that, well, one, I was doing some training runs, 40 mile runs. I did like the Timberline trail, you know, self-supported just myself and the Lewitt trail and all of that type of stuff. That was pretty tough to do, you know, and you're by yourself and you have to carry everything. You're not hit at having aid stations. You're not running with anybody. You're just solo. So that helped me that prepped me. I was also doing like me and my buddy did a, I, I was just trying to get on my feet as long as I could. So I hate running. I don't like running all day. I mean, it's just boring. So I tried to link that up with doing objectives like summiting Mount Rainier in a day. So I got a buddy who also paced me for my hundred and we did Rainier in a day in 21 hours. So we didn't sleep, you know, nothing. And we just did it in 21 hours up and back all day on our feet. So that stuff mentally prepared me to be like, oh, hell yeah, dude. Like I could, I could do this. But then I was also doing muscular endurance workouts from the uphill athlete, which they have a free training plan for that. And that just ripped my legs like so hard. It was such a hard workout every time I had to do it once a week that I just felt that my muscles were going to take me through. But the one thing I neglected to train on that (laughs) was my my tibia or my tibialis or whatever. So like the front part of your shin, that just got so jacked up on me. And around mile 80, I could barely, I could barely walk. I mean, I was running still. I just couldn't, I was on crutches for three days afterward, three, four days afterwards. Then I got COVID the same week. It was a whole thing. The recovery, that was a whole nother story. It was a recovery process. And that was probably the toughest part of the whole thing. But, but yeah, man, I think you just kind of work up with it and you never know if you're fully going to be able to do it. But that's why you do it because it's scary. That, that's awesome. That's why you do it because it's scary. Now, yeah. so 100 miles in, what'd you say, 31 hours and some change? What, what ended up being your pace? What was your, what was your, if someone's doing a 100 mile race, what mm-hmm. can they expect their pace to be? What should it be? Oh, super slow. I mean, I had my they're not heart running, rate. They're not running six no. minutes. Oh, hell no. Unless you're, I mean, you're, yeah, no. I mean, and you know, this had vert and we were going through the mountains and stuff and you're at elevation a little bit, you know, only 9,000 feet or so, but you know, definitely, definitely works you a bit. So 
I was just trying to stay in a zone, like a high zone one heart rate the whole time. And I had my thing set up to beat me if I wasn't, which was really annoying actually, because <laughs> it was always going off. People were making fun of me on there because I think I set it too low. But yeah, I mean, as long as you're just keeping it, I, I mean, that's the thing is you see people burn out. But here's, here's a story from it. Me and my buddy were, it was at night and the temps dropped, dropped so fast. And my buddy was freezing. So I gave him my gloves and we're in just shorts. We have a thin little coat on my ex-girlfriend at the time. Well, my ex-girlfriend now <laughs> she was there, but she was super worried about us through the mountains. Cause it was so freaking cold. So she couldn't sleep all night. We're going through the mountains and you know, you're just headlamps. So all you see is headlamps. And we get up to finally, we get to this aid station and the aid station serving pancakes and freaking soup, hot soup. And then they have a fire pit there. And I look at the fire pit and there's people there huddled in blankets, just like dead. They're looking at the fire with a half, half gaze, you know, the, the thousand yard stare. And I looked at my buddy and I said, dude, we cannot stay here long because I will end up like them. This was at mile two or something. I was like, we cannot do this. And it was almost morning too. I knew we just had to hold on till morning and, and we would get a shot of a, you know, adrenaline, whatever the heck it is that you get from the sun. It's just like, let's just hold on. So we sat by the fire for a second and then I was just like, we gotta go. So we go, sun comes up, you know, and the rest of it was kind of downhill, which was good. And yeah, and then, and then made it made it for the finish. But, you know, it, it, there's always those turn back moments where plenty of people quit there, you know, and that was very enticing, but I, I it was, it seemed like a trap. <laughs> so I, I said, let's not do that. <laughs> yeah. You really need to lean into being uncomfortable. And a lot of these, a lot of these activities that you're talking about, mm-hmm. if, if you take the comfortable route, uh, you're going to be checking out. Hundred percent. And what was really cool about this hundred that I should mention too that I, that a big reason why I think I finished was my parents flew in from Wisconsin, and they were a part of the pit crew along the routes, and that was that meant so much to me. And it was so cool to have their support. That was a big deal. So I think having the that support was was just huge for me, and having the really good pacers and things. And so yeah, it was definitely a it was definitely a team team aspect. Fantastic. All right. Have you spent in addition to the hundred mile race? I'm not. I'm not minimizing that in any any way whatsoever. But any other big type of activities you've done? Any any kind of through hikes, some backpacking? What else have you done? Honestly, it's mostly been climbing. I would say, yeah, doing some stuff in. They have the. They're called the Bulgers in Washington. So they're hundred highest peaks, and you know, doing Mount Hood, doing a lot of split boarding. And then, like I said, doing the 14ers, I am leaving for, well, honestly, really for 2023, I really was focusing on my business more so than, okay, what feet, big feet can I do this year? It was, okay, I need to get my business dialed so that I can do another big thing in 20. So that's really been the thing for, that's been the theme for this year. However, I am going on the, you went to Highline, which is only a hundred miles through Utah in a couple of weeks. And then a couple of days after that, Buddy flies out. And we're going to go climb the Grand Teton and Mount Moran and Gannett Peak and all of that type of stuff. So I think, and then I'll probably just fill in with 14ers and things like that. But, you know, 2024, I'm looking at Denali, maybe. I would love to get out there and, and do that, the highest peak in America, North America. And looking at, what the heck else was I looking at? I forget. 
some some other freaking through hike or something i forget but yeah you check out the documentary highline which one? Oh, there's a few yeah highline made by i want to say jason fitzpatrick the the maker of mile mile and a half oh no i haven't talked about the followed five guys i think it was five guys that that went through the was it the the guys from utah that with the big beard one of them had a big beard i think it was benny benny braden had had the big beard but it's also Maybe. the founder of z-packs was was one. yeah i think i yeah i think i've yeah i've seen that one i believe yeah, yeah i've watched you know how it goes you're going to do a trail and for me i just like researching it that way through video guy that's right yeah yeah what am i going to get into here you sit doing that with a buddy you doing that solo no i'm going to do that one solo i it's short enough to where i'll be fine and you know i probably honestly though i probably won't see that many people out there i don't think it's that popular of a trail so that'll be kind of interesting because i do like meeting people on trail but i think it'll be a short enough time where i don't think i'll be it'll be it'll mess me up too bad yeah hooch hooch i've got the plan for you here for building your brand i mean you, mm -hmm. you're on the right track you do you can do highline you can do denali some of these big amazing things from there you do the hey duke, mm. hey duke that'll give you a lot of that'll give you a lot of material Right there the hey duke is it, it's not a it's not a trail it's 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 a route and how much do you know about the hey duke i've heard of it i don't know yeah. that much about it honestly yeah so it is it is an insane route that goes through a lot of utah some arizona it goes through the national oh, okay utah but you know you're out there it's it's not well traveled and it is not well marked and you're you're finding your way out there right. out in the middle of nowhere and then right. once you've got that mastered then you're ready you're ready to apply for the Barclays. Oh gosh. Yeah, dude, the, you know, I'll do you one more. So, well, not one more than the Barclays, but high routes I'm super interested in. Sierra high route, Wind River high route. I got to get the Wind River high route completed though first because we failed on that one last year. So I want to do the Allen's version of that actually next year too. So yeah, high routes are definitely, you know, off trail stuff like that. Super intriguing to me. Yeah, tell our, tell our listeners what, is different from a, a traditional trail and a high route. A high route, there really is no trail. <laughs> so you're basically walking ridgelines and talus and boulders and going over passes. And it's, I would literally say it's, I would say it's 70% more difficult than a trail. I mean, it's just, it's so slow, so slow, navigation slow, walking slow. It's pretty it could be pretty dangerous because you're up there i mean I, a boulder was rolling on my leg i had to just bench press it off on the wind river high route last year it was crazy and we were just way at the top of wind river peak i mean you know you're, you're isolated too depending on what high route you're on so it's just it's if you're looking for the next thing from a through hike is it but honestly don't even think that your through hike skills are going to get you through the high route if that makes sense i mean you'll know how to pack but Dude, it's the whole mental thing around that. Yeah. Yeah. What additional skills do you need for a high route? I mean, you need to be gritty. You need to be patient. You need to know how to navigate, read terrain, not, you know, travel over scramble, travel over loose rock and scree. Oftentimes bring in maybe an ice axe, stuff like that, because you might be going over crevasses or, or snow fields or stuff like that. And it's full on, man. It, like that is the experience is and be okay with solitude and isolation. Like I wouldn't do a high route by myself. No, wouldn't do it. Yeah. On a traditional trail, let's just take the, the John Muir trail as an example. That is a well-marked path. I mean, 
in, in years where it's not high snow, I mean, you, you're, there's never a doubt that you're on the trail. There, 100%. You know, it, it's, it's a well-defined path. High routes, that, that's, that doesn't exist. With high routes, you are typically, you're taking a spot on the horizon and you're saying, okay, I've got to, I need to get to there, but there's, there is no defined path on how to get there. It's, it's kind of wayfinding and navigation. And then once you get to that point, then you need to pick out the next point. You need to identify the next point on the route in the distance and then decide how you're going to get there. Yeah. Extremely difficult. I mean, I, we totally underestimated it. So if you're thinking about doing it, do a, do a shorter one <laughs> at first, because hundred miles on a high route, that's not a hundred miles on a trail. That is not even close, not even in the same ballpark. Now with you not having a, you know, a nine to five anymore, any interest whatsoever in doing something like the PCT? I had that. I, I have sparks of, of wanting to do the PCT. I, I'll never say never. I, I don't, you know, I think maybe something more like a little bit shorter, like the AZT might be cool, 800 or so. That was one thing I'm going to do next year is the long trail so I can complete my triple tiara. So that's 270 or something. But man, I don't know, like being away from my business for five months seems crazy right now where I'm at. Now, you you just mentioned the triple tiara. I'm very familiar with the triple crown, triple crown being someone who has hiked the PCT, the AT, and the CDT. What is the triple tiara? Hey, maybe I'll be your first guest on the, the triple tiara. Triple tiara is JMT, Colorado Trail, and Long Trail. So basically, your, your next big, your next, how would it say, how would you say it? The, the, not the big, big through hikes, but also not really small through hikes. It's kind of the, that mid-tier level. From a through hike, long through, and from what I know, I, I've got had expensive time in the Sierras on the JMT. From what I know about the what my own experience and what I've heard from others about those three trails, the the J Colorado Trail and the Long Trail, those are all pretty spectacular trails as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what the Long Trail is all about because I've never, I've never even been to the East Coast ever. I mean, I don't even now that I think that I don't think I've been. Anywhere east of, I have not been anywhere east of Wisconsin. Yeah, that's wild, dude. Sheltered. Yeah, that's wild. I never thought about that. Huh. Now, the long trail, fun fact out there, that's the first, that's the first American through hiking trail. Is it really? It's the granddaddy. That makes sense, I guess. Everything is older over on the east coast, it seems like. That's right. Yeah, interesting. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to see the history on that. Well, that sounds like some grand adventures in your future. I'm excited for you. Anything about overseas? Any thoughts about overseas? Tour to Mont Blanc would be really dope. Yes. Summoning the Matterhorn. I have a buddy right now that's in Pakistan climbing Broad Peak and possibly K2. I met him on the top of Mount Hood. He is, dude, such a badass. And so we were, I actually got my passport last year. We we're going to go to the Kyrgyzstan and maybe do some climbing there. He did this Pakistan trip instead, which I'm not mad for. I mean, I was like, go for it. But so that, you know, maybe something there, Peru, some kind of type of climbing or something. I don't know, man. Shit. You've got a long Unlimited. list, buddy. You've got a long list there. That's awesome. You, you should see my bucket list. But someday I'll send it to you. Be like, I just randomly add stuff to this every day. Yeah, <laughs> we, need, like... we need to publish that. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. That'd be good. That'd be good content. Hooch, you know where we are right now? Probably the tip of the week. 
or the episode hiking hiking hacks hiking, hiking hacks, hacks. That's hh you're getting familiar with the new terminology it is time H-H. for hooch to share some trail wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better hiking hacks what do you have for us all right this is going to make it better here it is this is all it is so when you are on a hike or a trail run or something like that and you're kind of worried about the calories you're taking do i have enough is it you know what else do I need? What else should I pack for? Cal- I don't know. Just bring a little jar of Nutella. That's all you got to do. There is so many freaking calories in that little jar of Nutella and fats and carbs and everything you need to just power through. And we refer to them on trail as dopamine hits. So whenever you're feeling down, just grab a little dopamine hit of Nutella, and that's what it is. It's a freaking dopamine hit. But I always bring a little bit of Nutella somewhere if I'm doing a long trail run or a peak bag or something. I'm like, I don't know how many count, you know, it's a little reserve that I've, it's never failed me. So I've, I've been loving the Nutella. And it tastes so good. It tastes so good. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Straight to the dome. Yeah. Now, now I do dopamine hits from the couch with Nutella, but that, that's probably not the best thing. <laughs> yeah. Not the same thing, I guess. Yeah. Not the, not the same. That's awesome. All right. So there you have it. We are just about done here. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Chad. Want to thank you for joining us this week. How can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? Make sure you give us all of your platforms. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. Just look up Chattahoochee underscore on Instagram, TikTok, and you'll find me there. And then, you know, I just downloaded the Instagram threads, by the way. Oh, how's that going? It's interesting. It looks just like Twitter. But, dude, I have to manually freaking approve every follower. And and you can just integrate them in from Instagram. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to integrate 40,000 people like that. Dude, are you nuts? So I got to figure that out. Anyway, but then YouTube is Chad Lubinsky. Love YouTube favorite place to create on and then yeah and then that's about it if you want to check out the course or anything that i got going i can just go to my instagram and it's in the link tree there too all right so. you want to clarify how chattahoochee is spelled because there is a river by the same name that is spelled very great point great point so i'm gonna to have to write it out here c-h-a-d-a-h-o-o-c-h-e underscore i should really shorten that up and make it way easier for people to find me hooch 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 i like that man people be freaking out there who the heck is hooch that i'm following all right hey remember to check out hiker trash radio on social media as well we're on facebook youtube instagram twitter and tiktok you didn't mention tiktok you're on tiktok too yeah 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 yep yep tiktok chattahoochee underscore oh and then my podcast peanut butter and mountains peanut butter and mountains Okay. And if you have comments or clips you want to share with me, you can send it to me at hikertrashradio at gmail.com. Off the beaten path. Now, unfortunately, Chad, we can't always be out on the trail. And when we're not, we need a a way to get our adventure fix. So, Hooch, I'm going to ask you to share some outdoor adventure media with our listeners to help them get by. This can be a book or a movie or a documentary. We call this segment Off the Beaten Path. What do you have? The first thing that comes to mind, honestly, is I believe it's called The Picnic, and it's by REI, since we were just talking about picnics, and it's actually, so I had Kelly Halpin on my podcast the other day. She's a super badass, and she lives up in Jackson, but she they filmed her doing The Picnic, so you could kind of see what that's all about, the bike, the swim, the mountain climb, and then everything in reverse, which I just started swimming, and that is so hard. I mean... And she's got to pull her stuff 
in a dry bag through the whole I mean it's just crazy stuff. So anyway, that's that would be my favorite or my the one that I would recommend. That's a great one. And I'm just going to piggyback on that because I talked to Mike Chambers, I think way back in season two, who was uh, on outside. He's, he's still on outside TV. He's got a show called beat Monday. It's about how much they yep. pack into a weekend. And mm-hmm. one of the, one of the episodes includes them doing the picnic and oh, know, really, it, it a really great look at what that's all about. Dude, I'm going to look that up. I, I know them because I remember watching them. They did. They climbed hood and then they ran hood, I think, in the same day, which is nutty. That's crazy as heck. Yeah. Yeah. I think they also did Shasta. They summited Shasta, skied down, got in a van, drove to Whitney, hiked up Whitney, skied down all in one weekend. Another, <laughs> another crazy episode. Beat Monday. Beat Love Monday. It. That's right. That's right. Have we not asked you? And before we wrap things up tonight, just one more segment for you called, what have I not asked you that you're dying to tell us about? What do we miss? You know, just grateful to be a creator, grateful to be on podcast and, and know people like you, man. And yeah, just, uh, oh, I guess this is one thing maybe. I would encourage people to be more present on their next hike. Try to do that. I've, I am either thinking too far in the future when I'm on a hike or a run, I want to get back to the car. I want to get to the summit. I want to get pizza. I want to get out of these rocks. I want to get out of these mosquitoes. And I'm never just kind of in the moment. And I got this from my mountain guide buddy that was kind of doing this last year when we were on Sahali Peak. And it's an interesting concept because I've realized I'm I'm always thinking in the past and the future or whatever. It's never in the present moment. So I did that this weekend or last weekend when I was on some 14ers. And it was cool, man. I, I, I felt content, which I usually don't feel content I'm usually somewhere else so that that's what i would say ooch that's another hiking hack and that really resonates with me you had to get it at the end I, of the episode i had to get they it they thought they were they thought they were going to get away nope one more take another <laughs> one that resonated there you go again that resonated with me a third time yeah. because i i spent a lot of time talking about being in the moment there there are you know our lives I think are spent way too much looking forward, looking ahead. And then at some point in your life, you're looking back and you're thinking about the good old days and the way it used to be. And it is a real skill to be able to live in the moment and enjoy and appreciate everything that's happening in the moment it's happening. Love that, man. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes you'll feel nostalgic for things Mm -hmm. that you would think that you would feel nostalgic for in the moment, but you never you never really truly in that moment in the first place though, either. And you're right. I love that. You, you get to the end, you think back, whereas at the start you're thinking, yeah. Yep. hundred percent. All right. Hey, we are finished. Thank you for coming on the podcast chat. We wish you the very best (laughs) in your future adventures, both on the trail in the mountains and in your adventure media. And we hope you'll consider coming back at some point in the future and sharing some more stories with us. Always, man. I'd love to chop it up with you, Doc. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Hey, as we close up today, do you have any shout outs to friends and family? That's funny. I was going to say my (laughs) ex-girlfriend. Like, wait, wait. He's my 14er buddy over in Colorado. And Cameron, who's over in Pakistan right now. So I hope he's doing well. I know a horse fell into a crevasse the other day. So I think they got it out, though. But there's some drama over there. So hopefully he's doing well. And yeah, man. So I'd say. All right. Well, hey, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. 
It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if you misplaced your strap-on mullet at your last campsite. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck. <laughs>